welcome to another episode of Cheese Steaks in the 700 Level Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Mancini, alongside Dylan Callahan-Crowley. We have a special episode de- today dedicated to the only team in Philly that really hasn't disappointed us in the three last three months during uh, COVID here. It's the Philadelphia Flyers. But first, don't forget to follow the pod on Twitter at, at the, in the 700 and myself and Dylan at at Austin Mancini and at Dylan CC Sports. You can also find the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And please do us a favor and subscribe and leave a nice five star review so other people can enjoy it as well. So first, Dylan, how you doing? I'm I'm doing great, Austin. Just uh, another productive weekend of uh, running around and uh, trying to enjoy life as much as you can while being safe. Have, have you calmed down after the last five minutes of that Flyers game? Because my heart, I kid you not, was pounding. As I texted my girlfriend, I think, with uh, 10 minutes, 11, I think I texted maybe you too, uh, the proverbial butt cheeks were clenched for that <laughs> entire third period, man. That was, uh, that, I mean, that was, I was on the edge of my seat that entire period. Uh, well, just because Montreal, I felt like, the entire series that Montreal just wouldn't go away. Well, and even even the last shot of the game, I thought snuck in. Like I, when they let it go, and there's a crowd around Carter, and he's like, you know, holding the pads together, and he's like right against the post. I was like, no way. Tell me that. Tell me that snuck in there. Yeah, and I mean, even the uh, announcing crew at the end uh, wasn't really sure. I think if. Uh, the puck snuck in or all nothing and I, I had a brief heart attack when uh they even mentioned the possibility of that but uh they they found a way to uh get through the series and uh i mean uh credit to montreal uh they they played uh tremendous that entire series and uh they really really took the flyers uh to the brink there multiple times yeah and i think the the biggest difference is to me Montreal kind of reminds me of where we were a couple like two years ago. They're young. They have you know they sh- they have some signs like Konechny for us two years ago. They have some signs that you know they're up and coming, but they're just not there yet. And you even saw the you know just the youth with them hitting post four times in that series five times. You know if if any of those go in, that's a it's a different series. Yeah, this series could have gone, I mean, so many different ways. Uh, I mean, the Canadians probably could have stolen another game or two. And, uh, I mean, a lot of Flyers fans are going to say Montreal wasn't that good or so-and-so. But the truth is, I think, is uh, if you play that series over again multiple times, I think there's... uh, at least maybe two or three so let's say ten times I think there's maybe two or three times the Canadians uh, find a way to uh, win that series yeah and I think Montreal just as a whole matches up very well against a team like us and I think they do. and it and it showed against Pittsburgh too where you know this team 
like the Flyers, wants to forecheck, wants to pound you and pound you and pound you. And a lot of the teams in the playoffs don't want to do that. They want to, you know, use speed and skill to get by you. And I think it kind of threw us for a loop. Um, we'll get into that a little more, I think, when we start talking about the Islanders. But, um, Dylan, who are your three, If I guess we will call them studs and duds, but we'll start with studs. Who are your three studs for the series here? Sure, I'm gonna go with uh, number one. Of course, gonna be Carter Hart. Uh, That's Carter a bold, was bold one right there. Yeah, really bold. Carter was, I mean, phenomenal throughout that entire uh, uh, series, to say the least. Uh, I mean, uh, nine thirty-six save percentage, one point um, eight three goals allowed. I think in the series, uh, and he outdueled his idol there and uh, Carey Price. And there's uh, not every game required big saves out of Carter, but there are some saves there that Carter uh, had to go above and beyond to make. And uh, he was phenomenal throughout. I mean, for a guy in his first playoff series, I know the Canadians weren't the most talented team, uh, but he stepped up to the the plate there and was, uh, I mean, was great throughout. Uh, so I think Carter being number one is obvious. Uh, number two, uh, going to go uh, Voracek. Uh, Quietly, too, for Voracek. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't think many people would have noticed until probably uh, the last two games how he, he was he was pretty consistent throughout the series in terms of his quality. Uh, but he finished the series with three goals, three assists, a plus two in six games. Um, of course, he had a big performance in uh, that was game five they had the three power play goals and he had uh two goals in that game so i he he really got the ball rolling for the flyers all the times offensively and and i think that was probably one of the most frustrating things was of the top six he was the only one who could get going i know what couturier i think had one goal um and that was one of the power play ones i think but as a whole like like you said, he he was a key cog in them finishing that series, and you know I was I was kind of hoping with him getting going, you'd see Konechny and Giroux. Okay, you know these wheels are starting to turn, but it 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 did make me feel a little better that you know you saw production, and we even talked about that, you know going into Game Five, you needed production from the top six, and you you finally started to get it. Yeah, that's exactly what they needed going into those final uh, series uh, games of the series because Montreal was starting to, f- I think, find their uh, offense a little bit better there in the final uh, games. And I mean, they scored five goals in game two, uh, but they they followed that up with two clunkers with back-to-back shutouts by Carter Hart. Uh, but I think the Canadians we saw were starting to. Uh, click more offensively. They hit the post, as you said, multiple times. And honestly, what I think probably changed the series was the Brendan Gallagher injury. Brendan Gallagher is a guy who uh, he scores, uh, I guess, in bunches. You could say he he he'll have and he's and he's a TK type player. He's a pest. Yeah, he's. I think I think TK is a better player, but he's he's an older. Uh, version of t- uh, connecting, yeah, that's exactly what he is. Uh, 
but uh, if Gallagher would have gotten hot for the Canadians there, uh, I think this series could have gone a much different way. Uh, but obviously that didn't happen uh, with everything with the Matt Niskanen uh, incident. But uh, it worked out for the Flyers, uh, to say the least. Um, and then my third stud, uh, kind of a cheater here, uh, is actually the duo of Travis Sanheim and Phil Myers, uh, the Flyers' second uh, def defensive pairing. Uh, I think they're the best defensive pairing throughout the series. Uh, they're the most consistent. They're good on both ends of the ice. Um, when it came down to who uh, was going to play in game six defensively, uh, was it going to be... Uh, uh, now I'm playing Ghost, or what would it have been uh, Mark Friedman? Uh, I, I knew that I didn't want the Flyers to mess with that second pairing just because they were the best pairing throughout uh, the entire series there. And uh, I, I think they're going to have to rely on that pairing going 40 here against the Islanders as well. Yeah, and and I guess it'll lead into my studs. Uh, I obviously I had Carter Hart number one as well. It's kind of hard to not put him as a stud. But number two, I put, I guess, kind of part of your duo there. I put Phil Myers because especially leading up to this series – Everyone, there were, I think a big question mark was put on Phil Myers. You know, we, you saw flashes this year of what he could do, and then you saw the just the youth and the inexperience. And, you know, I think everybody was getting a little worried because he was undrafted. You know, they signed him, and um, I think a lot of people worried, you know, maybe we took a shot and we're letting this get start and he's not ready. And he, to me, seemed, like you said, with that just that pairing in general, he seemed the most consistent and he seemed the most just relaxed. He, you know, he wasn't making dumb plays. He seemed, he had, like, it was like a veteran presence, but, you know, for what, he's like 23. You know, it's it makes me feel a lot better about, um, the young pairings, and he was probably of the young defensemen. We have the big, like I said, the biggest question mark. Yeah, I fully agree there. I mean, uh, he, there were certainly questions about Myers heading into that ser series and uh, how he would respond to playoff pressure, and I thought he performed uh, phenomenal uh, there, and uh I think he even had a goal in the series, if I'm correct. So. Yeah. Oh, he ripped one. Yeah, the top left corner. They. It was right after Montreal scored. Um, yeah. And then, I guess, because uh, we both had Carter Hart, uh, the one I had, too, was also – it was Raffle and Pitlick. And I know Raffle, you know, was out for, I think, what, the first or first two games. Um, but two goals um, for Raffle. And just as a whole, they – I know we couldn't really forward check, but when we did, whether it was you know in in their end or defensively along the boards, I heard Pitlick's name a million times. Like I couldn't believe how often I was hearing Pitlick, you know, along the boards, and and he was out, he was fighting, you know, like Shea Weber's and guys like that along the boards, and he was winning battles, and I think that was very important for the Flyers to have a guy do so. Um, especially with how Montreal wanted to play. And then number four was Ghost. Ghost, 
I didn't know how he was going to play. I kind of had a feeling I thought he might score. But when it came to going into their offensive zone, he looked... He moved the puck way better than anybody on the team was trying to do. And that's going to be, I think, huge for them if he stays in um, in this next series here. You know, if he stays in and is able to put some offense because the Flyers obviously need some help even this series. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that, that uh, your selection there, or your reasoning, I should say. Um but I, I think another I, a stud uh, almost, and again, it would be Gene, but um, just more, I should say, I guess, give a uh, nod to the Flyers really played uh, selfless defensively throughout the entire series. I mean, they, they were getting in front of block. They were getting in front of shots throughout the entire series. I mean, I think they probably blocked upwards of, 70 to 80 shots for the entire series because at one point they had, I think, 63 block shots and into game five. Um, and, I mean, was it Robert who took the uh, Shea Weber slap shot to the head? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it might have been. I mean, that takes a lot of guts to get in front of a Shea Weber slap shot. Well, and then there was one, I forget who it was, but they took it straight. Just straight to the toe, um, from the point. What, what wasn't that TK? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, and that's what left. I mean is, of all the people, TK is gonna block a shot like that. You know, like it. It was a very selfless series for the Flyers, and that's what you're gonna have to need if you, or that's what you're gonna have to have happen from your team if you want to go as far as they want to go. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, let's get into our duds. Uh, so, obviously the opposite of uh, studs. Uh, number one, I have Justin Braun. Um, yeah, I think we both agreed there. He he, yeah. he struggled. Yeah, he, he did struggle. And I, the problem is, is I like just I, I don't like Justin Braun, I should say. I think Justin Braun can still be a quality defenseman for the Flyers in the rest of the playoffs. Uh, but if you're going to take him out of the lineup, I I just don't know if I like that idea uh, because I don't want to put Ghost down there on that third pairing. I think if you because if you're going to take out Braun, you're going to put in Ghost, I would say. Or would, you, or would you take Hag out and keep Braun in and put Ghost with Braun? I, I, I feel like it's almost the same conundrum. Yeah. Because I, I, don't, I don't know if we can really, uh, trust, Ghost defensively, over, a multiple. Uh, game, multiple for an entire series, I guess, um, and Braun obviously isn't hasn't shown the best defensively either. Robert hasn't been. He he's been up and down. He's shown promise, but uh, he still has his moments. Uh, so I, I'm interested to see if uh, what's going to happen with Braun or Ghost now that Niskan comes back. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, number two, I've uh, 
basically the Flyers power play, which I think you have a number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I simply uh, picked out uh, Michelle Terrian there, uh, the Flyers power play coach. You, uh, they, go ahead. I was just going to say, you don't even have to say much. All you got to say is four for 40. Yeah, four for 40. <laughs> Um, I mean, they, they, they look good. That, those, aren't, those aren't receiving catch. That's not catches and yards. That's yeah. four That's four goals on 40 power plays. Yeah, no, it was not promising, and, and that's a concern definitely had into this Islanders series. Uh, they looked good in game five, but game six, I kind of felt was a step back. So we'll they see had, what happens. They they had times during their power plays that looked very good, you know. But and and I was texting you about it. Drew's got to just shoot, and I hate to say that because I know you know. Okay, you know they have plays set up, but there was multiple times in that in that game six where. Drew is standing at the dot and he's just looking and looking and everyone else is just standing there waiting for him to do something. At a certain point, just throw it on the net. Yeah, I agree with that. And honestly, right now, I just, I, I've texted you this before. I, I feel like uh, Drew just doesn't have confidence in his shot right now. I'm not, I don't know why, but he doesn't look like he has confidence and the other guy who I think probably has confidence but is trying way too hard. Connect um, me. Connect me. I think he's he knows he's Well it showed in the on his breakaway. Yeah. I mean the dude has confidence he can score, but he's he's trying to do way too much with his shot. And it's it's hurting him more than it's helping him. Yeah, and this you know this kind of goes into my honestly it went into my two and three. So I have I have Braun one, Travis Konechny two, and the Flyers power play at three. Konechny since the Washington round robin game has one assist, and that is it. Um, and a guy like him, you you just need him to just even create offense, and he was kind of invisible. And like you said, I think he's trying to do too much. There was even times Kevin Hayes tried to do too much, and Montreal just kind of just stopped any sort of deking. Um, but no, I I totally agree. I think him and Giroux, I think it's in their head at this point. But you know, and I even said to you, the only way for Giroux. I know he doesn't have confidence, but the only way for it to go in is to throw it on net. Whether it gets redirected, whether you know it's traffic, the guy doesn't see it. The only way for Giroux to start getting confidence is, especially on the power play, just throw it towards Couturier, JVR, whoever is in front, and just let them dig at it. Yeah, and I agree. And I mean, you look at that series. The Flyers were outscored 13-11, but out of those 11 goals they scored... How many of them were legitimately just basically like a scramble in front? Scramble in front, or I don't want to say luck, but how many of them were yeah. not the Flyers having a picking corners? Shot? Right. Um, yeah, exactly. And I'm trying I to mean, think. Maybe oh, the one I think there was maybe one or two. Kevin Hayes, I think, didn't he just like put it? 
he like just got it through uh, the five hole carry price or something. Yeah, game six uh, and uh, was that game five or game? That was game six. Was yeah, second, and right? and yeah, and that's probably the only one really. Oh, and Faraby, Faraby's goal in front. I Faraby, that was no Faraby's goal was a legitimate uh, skill okay. play there. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, just as a whole. And and I know I think what Elaine Vigneault has said multiple times they need to get people, but I think I think now that they have time to prepare for the Islanders, I think they might you know actually have time to sit down and look at this thing. Yeah, hopefully they do because if they don't figure out this power play there uh, for a world of hurt against the Islanders, uh, and I guess with that let's move on to uh, kind of a quick profile here here of the Islanders. Uh, so Islanders were up and down in the regular season. They started off really hot, looked like a legitimate Eastern Conference contender. Uh, and then they slowed down, and towards the end of the season they struggled, especially at the end before uh, the shutdown, losing seven straight. Um, that being said, they're a highly talented team, uh, very defensive-minded, very similar to the Montreal Canadiens, which makes it another tough matchup. For the Flyers, I think maybe the Flyers do match up a little bit better against the Islanders than the Canadians, and I think that's something you agree with. Um, but that being said, the Islanders are a much more talented team than the Canadians are right now, and um, they're a team that will score goals if you give them the chances that the Flyers give the Canadians. Uh, the Islanders are averaging 3.33 goals per game since the restart here. Um in the qualifying round, they defeated the Florida Panthers in four games. Obviously, a best of five series, outscoring them 13 to seven. And then uh, against the Washington Capitals in the Eastern quarterfinals, uh, they defeated the Caps four games to one, outscoring the Caps 17 to eight, which uh, is really impressive when you think uh, of the offensive firepower the Caps have. Um, Obviously, a lot of the honors defensive success uh, is thanks to head coach Barry Trotz, who, depending on you ask, maybe the best head coach in all of hockey. Uh, he, I mean, between his first, the year before he came to the honors, and then his first year, uh, the honors gave up a hundred less goals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, Barry Trotz is a defensive genius in hockey. He's going to find ways to really annoy the Flyers' uh, top six here. Yeah, and like you mentioned with the whole, um, you know, the Flyers matching up, and it's a very similar style, I think they want to use more speed. You know, the, the Montreal memo was, all right, you're going to dump it in, and we're just going to check you. We don't care who you are. We're just going to check you. You try to deke through us, we're going to, again, check you. And I think offensively, you know, the Islanders are going to use speed. They're going to try to deke. Like you, again, like you said, this team is a more talented team. This team is not going to hit the post four times in one game. They're going to put that in the net. And it's going to be the top corner, and we're going to go, we're in trouble. So, the, yeah, the this, they're just, sc- no, I was just finishing up. I was just going to say they're, they're just a scarier team. Now, I do think the Flyers, 
you know, it helps them in that they don't, they want to use their speed more. Um, so that's going to, I think, create a little more space for the Flyers, but it, it is a little worrisome that they're about, they're a more balanced version of Montreal. No, yeah, this Otters team is, if the Flyers have a period that they're just off, this Otters team can't put up two, three goals quite easily, and games can't get out of hand against the Otters. Uh, so, I mean, this is a series the Flyers really can't have any uh, quote-unquote brain farts because uh, the Otters will make you pay, and... Um, in the playoffs, all it really takes is one game to change the momentum of a series. Um, we almost saw that against Montreal. Um, and the, But the good news for the Flyers with the Honors is while the Honors do have a tremendous goalie in uh, Varlamov, who is 7-2 since the restart, a 9.34 save percentage, and I believe a 1.66 goal slot average, is that while Varlamov is very good, he is not Carey Price. Or Carter Hart. Because Carey Price is just um, Carter Hart light. Uh, you, may, you may be right. Uh, but, I mean, Carey Price almost stole multiple games there from the Flyers. Um, and I, I don't know if I, I say stole multiple games. But Carey Price very rarely allows in easy goals yeah what well, was a game well, it was especially with game six that he just he just looked off and i don't know if, and i have yeah. no idea why but it was it was very unlike carrie price especially that that second goal mm-hmm. uh by kevin hayes which uh, i think uh, as, as they would say guilty five hole yeah i mean <laughs> it was just very unlike carrie price to allow a goal like that uh and that, I think, gave the Flyers a lot of early uh, confidence and momentum and it ended up being the uh, difference maker. Uh, well, kind of. But, uh, yeah, Varlamov, I think, he can't go in and thinking that the Flyers are going to score three, four goals on this guy uh, every night. But He's not Carey Price, right. He's not Carey Price. If you, if you make good passes and you put the – puck on the net like you did at times against Price you will crack this goalie uh, but to get that goalie you're going to have to get past the Islanders, uh back check which is uh, one of the better back checks I think in the entire league to say the least uh, and it's going to challenge the Flyers throughout the game uh, throughout the series I should say yeah and and you brought up just you know the crisp passing you're gonna need. They didn't have that against the island or the Canadians. Uh, to me, they were they were very sloppy with with the puck. You know, even trying to go in the neutral zone, they tried a lot of home run passes, and I think that was because you know they thought Montreal was playing so high up in the neutral zone that maybe they can get one by easy breakaway, and it it honestly started to kill them so i think i honestly think that the islanders might try the same thing as montreal and play a little higher up because they're going to be able to capitalize and so i think 
AV is going to need them to be way more accurate with their passes, regardless of where they are on the ice, because this team, unlike Montreal, will make you pay, like you said. Yeah, I mean, the way I think I put it earlier, uh, this Anders team is just simply a much more talented Montreal team, and Montreal gave the Flyers fits offensively. They gave them fits defensively, and this this is going to be a tough series for the Flyers, and I I don't want to say uh, that I don't think the Flyers can win. I think the Flyers could definitely win, but uh, I think this is going to be a close series, and uh, honestly, I think this series is probably going seven games. Yeah, it's me when I was looking at it, and you know the Islanders were up three zero, and I kind of just assumed at that point they were, you know, if we win our series, we're playing the Islanders. I I still felt good. I still kind of feel good about okay, we can beat them, because partially because I think the round robin made me feel a little better. Like okay, we beat Tampa, we beat Capitals, we beat Boston. So you know why not the Islanders? Um, but the Flyers were out two and one against them this season. They lost three five, three four, one in the, and that was in the shootout, and then three five. Um, the one thing I do I do want to point out because I know a lot of people are concerned about that is two of those three losses. That game was the second game of a back to back, so they had played the night before. And then they had to play the Islanders. So, and I don't want to make an excuse because, you know, they every team has to play a back-to-back or multiple back-to-backs. But that's going to hurt you. And the Flyers aren't going to have to deal with that, you know, really this series. Well, except, uh, well, they are going to have to deal with that once. Like. Yeah, but they're not going to play. They're not going to play the Islanders twice in a back-to-back. Most likely not. They I should. think there actually is a shot for two back to backs this series. Don't don't say that, please don't. Uh, I think because it's games two and three are back to back. Okay. And, and I think games five and six could also be back to back. I know the honors said that. Uh, I think I know Trot said that after I think the Penguins uh, Penguins the honors are going to practice tonight. Uh, or today, Sunday. Uh, but after that, they probably wouldn't... Uh, they wouldn't uh, try to uh, practice until the end of the uh, series. Or or they would probably wouldn't practice. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I got distracted there by the Phillies game. Uh, uh, the Phillies... Did Bowman hit another one? No, the, it was a uh, – Phillies uh, may have won on a Roman Quinn uh, to Didi Gregorius to Andrew Knapp uh, play at the plate uh, to beat the Braves. If not, the game is tied. But it was an incredible, uh, incredibly close play and um, – Great throw by DD, but that's not this podcast. No. We'll have another podcast on the Phillies later this week, uh, and talk about obviously the Sixers and all that. But where were we? The um, Flyers versus the Anders. Anders game practicing. Yeah, Barry Trotz said that the Anders 
probably wouldn't practice uh, during the series at all because of how tight the schedule is. Yeah, and I mean, I, I also don't see the Flyers. The Flyers might do like a morning skate just to, you know, get the blood flowing and just go over some stuff. I don't think they'll do anything crazy. Um, the one thing that does concern me is Carter Hart is in two games against the Anders, 0-2 with a 83.3 save percentage, and uh, goals against is 6.23. Now, that was... Let's see, one, two of the games were first month and second month of the season. The next one was in February. So they were a, they were a completely different team than they were when they played them in October and November. And granted, so are the Islanders. The Islanders got Pajot. And, yeah. you know, they've played, they play, you know, differently than they did in the beginning. But this team is a lot more mature, and I feel, I think the Islanders are going to run into a different Flyers team. Yeah, I, I think the Flyers are going to, I, yeah, I think the Flyers are going to run into a pretty uh, different Islanders team here. Uh, and I'm, you put it pretty well there. Uh, Thank you, sir. Yeah, I, mean, I really, I actually have nothing to really add to that. Uh, so, all right. So, does Brian Elliott get into this series? I mean, I don't think so. Unless, I mean, uh, if the Flyers take a two-zero lead, I think Elliott gets in on Game Three. But if it's 1-1 going into that game what three, about second of a back-to-back. If 0-2, it depends how it's 0-2. Did Carter Hart get shelled? Or did Carter Hart... Was Carter Hart unlucky? And, I mean, you saw that You saw that game six. Um, you know, Carter thought he got shelled. He went to the bench. And that this is probably one of my favorite moments. There were two moments during that game that I really loved. Or was that? It might have been Game Five that this happened. But Carter goes to the bench, obviously frustrated and upset. And Av looked at him and said, "No, no, no, hold on." And he goes, "Go back." He goes, "Are you good?" He goes, "Yeah." He said, "Are you good?" He said, "Yeah, I'm good." And he put yeah. him back out there. That to me speaks volumes of what Av thinks of Carter Hart Number One. And just the trust he has with his goalie. Yeah, it was it was a big moment, I think, for Carter and his. Well, at that at that point, you know, you're you're you think you just allowed that goal, and you think you're coming out, you know, and to for your coach to say, you know, one to check on you instead of freak out on you, and two to you know be able to come back into that game. After thinking you were getting pulled, you know you have a lot of emotions going on at that at that moment, and then turning around you and do. coming back in. Um, and I really love that. And then, like you talked about, um, you know, beating his um, idol. Can you imagine being a twenty-two year old, twenty-three year old, and you're playing your idol number one, and then number two, you beat him for you? Like I personally, to me, that was Carey Price versus Carter Hart. And you beat him. 
and then you meet at center ice. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I I'd, I'd be, you know, kind of starstruck if I was Carter. Hey, I, I mean, I met Peter Laviolette at once when the NHL draft was in Philadelphia, and I was starstruck for the five seconds that I shook his hand. <laughs> I mean, Laviolette's my favorite coach. I think of any in any Philadelphia sports history. Um, well, How dare you, Doug I mean, Peterson? Got us a Super Bowl. I was gonna say Dougie <laughs> P may have taken that over, but uh, I mean, yeah, that, what a moment there for Carter, and that had to be surreal for him. And um, I mean, I, I played baseball growing up, and I my idol pretty much is Roy Halladay. So if I if I would have met Roy Halladay, uh, we'll beat him in a series been, first. Yeah, if I would have beat Roy Halladay in a series or would have even beat Roy Halladay in a game, uh, I would have been starstruck if I got to meet him. So that would have uh, that uh, probably an amazing moment, obviously, for Carter. And uh, happy that he got to experience that moment. Hopefully it's uh, – honestly, hopefully it's not the last time we see those two goalies meet up, whether it's uh, Phillies versus Montreal, Montreal or if – Carey Price eventually does end up somewhere, but Montreal, uh, I think, uh, I think that was just was a, really was good a nice goal attack yeah. throughout, and um, it'll be fun to see those two match up again. Oh yeah, I would, uh, or even what if he, you know, let's say we Brian El- he does want to leave, and Brian Elliott, you know, we don't want to sign him. What if for some reason Carey Price wanted to just be a backup? You know, I think that would be a cool moment, mentor kind of thing for Carter, even though Carter will be probably like 24, 25 at that point. But um, I guess to wrap things up, Game 5 is, it'll be, I guess, this will go up on Monday morning. So how do you feel, Game 1? We're going into Game 1. Uh, well, firstly, going back to Carey Price, if Carey Price is ever going to back up Carter Hart, uh, it's not going to be until um, the 2026-2027 season. Because uh, last uh, two years ago, I think. I didn't even remember. Carey Price signed a uh, extension. That's fine. Extension That's fine. He can. He'll. He'll still want to back him up. Yeah. Thirty-nine-year-old <laughs> Carey Price. Uh, uh, but game one. Uh, I'm gonna say. The Flyers narrowly beat the Islanders 4-3. And I'm going to say... I want to hear... Yeah, who scores? uh, I'm going to say Kevin Hayes scores... You don't have to give me all four. Just give me me two then. Oh, no, I got this. Uh, Kevin (laughs) Hayes, uh, TK, um, Raffle... And uh, a defenseman will also. Well, okay. Well, give me the defenseman. Oh, you want the yeah? You oh, after he scored his first uh, postseason goal like seven times this series. Yes, (laughs) the poor guy. Uh, So uh, Hayes, Katoria, Konechny, Provorov. All right, and I, I hate to be this guy. I think they lose. And I don't, I don't know if it's. I think it might be bad. Like I could see four two five two or five three. Um, 
I'll go with the goal scorers for the Flyers, though, since you did, Dylan. I think, I think, I think Coots gets on the board. So there's one. Thank God. I think Sandheim gets one. Jack. Yeah, I think Sandheim gets one. There's you gotta put a defenseman on there. I don't know why. I feel like you always, like there's just one you know from the point that blasts in, and then I I think finally ready. I'll go I'll go big. I think if JVR's in the lineup, which I think he will be, I think JVR gets on. I think he finally rams one home. Yeah, I mean uh, I almost uh, put JVR in my duds. Actually, uh, actually I, I don't think I. Mentioned my third dud, uh, dud earlier, but uh, JVR was my third dud. Uh, he was really brutal in that uh, Montreal series. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if next season's his last year as a Flyer, because I I think he may be a guy who heads to Seattle in the expansion draft. But uh, if if he if he got it going, that would be big for the Flyers. I mean, he played well towards the end of the uh, regular season before the stoppage. And I think what was he on pace for twenty goals? Yeah, um, yeah, he was he was playing well before. I mean, it is there for him to be a contributor and a quality contributor for the Flyers, but he definitely hasn't shown it since the restart. And I mean, it's pretty big when he didn't play in that one. What was that game four, game yeah. five? Yeah. Uh, Something like so, that. So. Uh, yeah, if he gets on the board, that'd be big for the Flyers. Uh, all right, we got our game one predictions. Let's uh, let's go serious predictions. What is? How's this gonna? Ha- what's gonna happen here? Well, since I did accurately predict this series, you did. You know, I I think we should have had a bet on that. I don't, I don't think we're gonna bet on this one though, but. There, I, I don't. I, there's just the, no way they go. Don't go seven. The Flyers uh, are a small favorite. Are they really? The that kind of. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. That kind of shocks me. But I, I, I'm looking at Fox Bet right now. Fox Bet has them at minus one twenty five, and the Islanders plus one hundred. So very small, very yeah. small odds here. Um, I, I, it's either gonna go two ways, either. It goes seven and we win. Sure. Or we lose four one. All right. Uh, I I can see if it goes bad for the Flyers that it goes bad and goes south. Right. I and that's that's that. what I'm saying. So, but I'm gonna go. Okay, my official prediction is seven games. Flyers win. Yeah, I'm gonna go official. Uh, seven games. Flyers win. Um, I think they win game one. Uh, and then I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, have a uh, maybe go out 2-0, go up 2-0, I should say, and then drop two straight and then yeah. get to games, uh, split the next two to get to game seven. Um, while we're at it here, uh, how do you see Boston Tampa play playing out? Boston in they're in the midst of game one right now as we record this. Boston with a 3-1 lead with under 10 minutes to go. go. But uh, who do you think wins that series to face the winner of Flyers-Anders? 
Tampa Bay has no reason to lose this series. Tampa Bay does not, but Tampa Bay also <laughs> reminds me a lot of uh, Washington before they well, won the Cup. And that's what I was not necessarily I was going to say that they're like Washington, but I think because they've done it the last three years and I still I just have this feeling I think they lose. I think Boston beats them. And I don't know why, but this Tampa Bay team can't figure it out. Yeah. Like, they, just in general, when it comes to the playoffs, they can't, they're they the best team all year. It's almost like they lack almost like a killer instinct in the playoffs. Yeah. Are they, they just – there's some mental block there that they can't get over. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I'm. I was also gonna lean Boston in this series, uh, even before this game one. Uh, so, to recap, I got Flyers winning in game one. You have Flyers losing game one. We both have the Flyers winning in seven. Uh, to uh, what would be advance to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time since twenty ten. Didn't. The year, the year they played the Devils and got beat, and the Devils went to the Cup final. Was that the Eastern Conference Finals? They. What year was that? 2012? 20, uh, 20, uh, my other f- best friend, Austin, uh, would uh, be very mad at me because that's the year the Kings beat the Devils in the uh, Stanley Cup. Uh, they lost the conference finals and no, oh, sorry. No, the Rangers played no, them in twenty. No, conference semifinals. Yeah, so semifinals. Uh, yeah, so it'll be the first time they make it back to the Eastern Conference Finals since twenty ten. Um, we'll have to see what happens though. I'm not trying to get too ahead of myself with this series. Right. Uh, very, very much think the Islanders can win this series, uh, but right now I feel the Flyers uh, will find a way to pull it out. Um, the good news for the Flyers is uh, they don't, they haven't lost back-to-backs uh, in quite some time. So, uh, and I think to lose this series, they would have to lose back-to-back games at some point. Uh, so that's the good news for the Flyers. But we'll see what happens. Uh, game one set for Monday night at uh, 8 p.m. Austin. Uh, I believe it is a seven o'clock. Game, yeah, seven o'clock game. Flyers Islanders on NBCSN, Um, and like I said at the beginning of the pod, please don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. We're also on Spotify, and share it with anyone you know that loves Philadelphia sports. I know Dylan and I, we honestly, this is probably one of my favorite things you know that I get to do. Um, and no, I, and I've loved doing it since we did it, since we started. So, uh, Dylan one, thank you for, you know, even, you know, us getting together, be able to do this and thank everyone. I know, you know, we're still trying to grow this thing. We're trying to get, you know, a bigger presence out there on social media and everything, but thank you yeah, for, definitely. uh, listening and please leave us a review. Dylan, anything else? Uh, no, yeah, pretty much everything you said. Uh, obviously, this year hasn't been the best uh, year to start a sports podcast. I ran into that difficulty with multiple podcasts this year. So, um, yeah, kind of bad luck here with, uh, obviously, the whole COVID situation in terms of starting a podcast. But um, certainly plenty to talk about right now. And uh, 
this is just the beginning of hopefully uh, something that lasts for a while and uh you and me are gonna keep doing this until we we're not having fun with it and uh, right now i think we're having a lot of fun with it uh and uh i mean got the flyers here in a possible cup run got the phillies uh doing what whatever they're doing anymore <laughs> uh but uh we also of course got the eagles coming up here in just uh less than three weeks so uh it should be a fun next couple months here uh on the podcast but uh yeah please uh pretty much do everything that austin said there be sure to follow us on twitter and uh stay stick around and tune in to future episodes uh we're gonna have another one up this week i'm assuming uh probably maybe tuesday uh possibly wednesday uh and that's gonna be talking about the eagles uh phillies and 76ers but uh yeah thanks for listening everybody and uh have a good week